Power Service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat. Morning, everyone. It is 6.06 this Wednesday morning, and this was us. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. It's not working. Uh, okay, how about this was us? You ate a whole wheel of cheese? How'd you do that? It's actually, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. <laughs> We feel like we were like Baxter the dog in Anchorman, and we ate an entire wheel of cheese last And it night. was amazing. And it was amazing. My goodness, that was the most amazing cheese ever. Yeah, there was a lot cheese of it. Yeah. At the Cheese Festival uh, yesterday at the Italian Center downtown, uh, proceeds went to the University of Alberta Foundation. Uh, about 100 people showed up, and uh, it was... It was, you're eating in a grocery store and there were like <laughs> different booths with different foods and fresh figs with blue cheese and there's beer and wine pairings. There's risotto in a, in a cheese bowl. bowl. That was spectacular. It, it was pretty spectacular. There so. was what we called the charcuterie, or at least I called it the charcuterie canoe. Yeah. So it was in a little, little, like, like a dinghy almost filled with meats and cheeses. Basically and a charcuterie board you could carry with yeah, you yeah. around mm-hmm. the store. Yeah. Which, uh, which was, and that was really good too uh, I mean that and it had the, some really cool I wish I would know know what the cheeses were on that because they were oh, really good. there you got it or not I don't know anyway it was so good it was uh yeah it was tasty and then we got to even play a role a little bit last night so what as we arrived mm-hmm. uh the uh the, the the man the man behind uh so much of what goes on at the Italian Center is the uh, manager uh Gino, Gino Margella, Margella yeah uh, he, he knows everything about cheese so we did ask him quite a few questions about you know uh what do we do with cheese and, and how do we experience it so well, it was pretty cool because you, you were you're looking for information to use at home it was it was info you could yeah, use because at people home. don't want to uh, sit around talking about how great our cheesy was because they weren't there. <laughs> yeah, sorry I, about I that. When I listened to people, I'm like, I wasn't there. I don't care about uh, your night out. But we did have some takeaways for people exactly. um, in terms of how to store the cheese. And Gino uh, from the Italian Center told us how to do it. And this is not how I've been doing it all my life. So when you bring home your cheese, basically what I like to do is I take the cheese, I put it in some cheesecloth or some paper towel. From there, I actually put it in uh, a plastic container and I put it in my uh, cupboard. I don't like to saran wrap it because it doesn't help the cheese age and it kind of stops the, the fermentation of all the new you know, flavors. Okay, that makes some sense. Yep. Paper towel. I wouldn't have thought paper towel, but why not? It would almost act like a cheesecloth. Yeah, I put it, so. it in a Ziploc bag, but apparently that apparently. stops the aging. So <laughs> stop doing that. I'm going to stop doing that. Also, how do you serve the cheese? This is something I didn't know. When I'm hosting, what I like to do is I basically take the cheese out two hours before my guests come. Because of the fact that cheese should be served at room temperature, where it has uh, time to optimize all the flavors. So I like to take it out about two hours, give it that nice little, you know, room temperature flavor. And, uh, you know, voila, all the flavors come out of that. I like to take it out a little early, too, because I need to check and see if I've got any mold on it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to take it out early so I can eat some. Oh, there's that, too. Yeah, the, the mold thing. I, I I cut the mold off my cheese. So are, why? Like, why wouldn't you? Are you supposed to? Here's Gino. Stacy. definitely <laughs> you can cut mold off the cheese. Okay. 
you uh, when when that happens, basically you want to cut like you know, kind of like more than an inch, you know, just to be safe. But as cheese ages, sometimes mold happens. That's a normal thing. And so we don't have to throw it out. I would I would cut about an inch of it and then throw out the mold. How big is your cheese block that you can get? You can give up an inch. And by the way, my cheese tends to mold all around on all, all the different sides. So if I cut an inch off everything, I'd be left with a little nub. I'd just snack well, it and move on. I, I just do a little, like a little scraping. I, I sometimes do. I'm like, man, it doesn't look that bad. Let's go. <laughs> you gotta, you got to eat your cheese faster, Daryl. <laughs> well, I, I suppose that's true. That is very true. But at the same time. They also had these grilled cheeses, which were delicious because they put some sort of sweet, almost a chutney on top. Mm -hmm. It was delicious. And they also paired it, of course, with tomato soup, which is a classic combination. But what's the best cheese to put in your grilled cheese sandwich? Here's Gina weighing in. Right now, I must admit, at our festival cheese, the Comte really has, you know, blown my mind. It's like basically like the cousin of Gruyere Swiss. And you know what? It has all these different pro- uh, flavor profiles. So I got to go with that one tonight. Comte. Yeah. I didn't even know about most 98% of the names of these different cheeses. Just yeah, completely clueless. 100%. But he said Swiss Gruyere. So I guess th- that's something you can go into, you know, your grocery store and, and find in, in the aisles. Or you go to the Italian center and you ask. And, of course, they're going to set you up with that. But you know what? I'm super proud of you, Daryl McIntyre. Oh, how come? Why for? Because when you're with me, <laughs> I make you do things uh, that you don't, you don't necessarily, me. like, to do, but you know, I'm like you don't. You're not a big fan of blue cheese. I, don't. I like. I love blue cheese, and I do not. Now, by itself, just if I to go, no, I'm just not doing that. It's not pleasant. Grab me some old socks. But there was a there was oh. a there was something last night oh, on on a fig. Sh- and a bunch of other stuff that was in there, and then there was a chunk of blue cheese on top of that. Yeah, it, they had balsamic vinegar oh, pearls, the balsamic, really like old. like oh, they looked like caviar, but they're you know they would pop in your mouth and you'd get that vinegary mm-hmm. taste. It was delicious. And was you know, good. Gino says don't write off the funky cheeses because they could kind of blow your mind. Cheeses age; they have different flavor profiles. So go there and try an aged cheese because you know the the differences in taste will be remarkable. Some people don't like the funkier cheeses, right? Yeah, you know what it is, is that sometimes when you're looking at a cheese or you're smelling a cheese, that funky cheese is actually really good. You know, when you, you know, we talk about like how to try cheese, one of the things I like to do is smell it first. And sometimes those stinky ones are the most flavorful cheeses that you can find. So it's pretty amazing to see actually what it does in your, you know, once you actually take the first bite of that cheese. And it might not be the same as you thought when you smelled it. There was one, and I don't recall the actual name of it. They used a, a sort of a, a, a swivel cutter, and it just shaved off tiny little bits, and then yeah. created what looked like a little uh, little flower. petunia, like yeah. a flower. Yeah. And but once you got it up close to you, you went, "Ooh, that does not smell like a flower." Or no, no, and it was really intense and overwhelming. You notice, I noticed about that one was it. Hmm. It felt like butter in your hands. It, it yeah. did. It was like a different texture so from any other thin. cheese. Like yeah, there was a bit of a you know a it, scraping. Yeah, it felt of like it. you're holding butter. It tasted pretty good. It's pretty rich. Oh, it but, was it was not for the faint of heart that no, cheese. And no. but it looks great on a charcuterie board. Like if you go into the <laughs> thing and you're doing maybe one for the holidays, it, like the weird flower carnation looking um, cheese, please. 
that's the one you'd recommend. And and I had to taste it because I had it at uh, my friend's house. Uh, she had it on her board. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so different and weird. I need to try it. And it's, I like funky cheeses. It's funky. It's funky. Did you say cheese, please? I did. Swiss and free are cool with me. I love that camembert. It feels so fun. You've been to. waiting to play I've been that. Wait, well, you said cheese, please. You didn't even know you were introing that. I didn't. I had no idea, actually. <laughs> so once upon a time, uh, my wife also loves really intense cheeses. Mm-hmm. And this, loves blue cheese, all the rest of that. I don't know what this was. It, it doesn't even matter. When it showed up in the house, it smelled. It did not have an aroma. It it smelled. It was one of the stinkiest cheeses I've ever seen. I did not eat it. Would not, not going to. Mary explained that the smell and the taste were too in it. Once you got past, got it past your nose mm-hmm. and in your mouth, then it was an entirely different experience, mm-hmm. which to me is just a stunningly bizarre way of eating it. And anything. you still didn't try it? No. Oh, come on, Daryl. Oh, the classic um, hold your nose and eat it. It was. Literally. It's a, it's an and then once it got in there, I'm all off up you for went. the food adventures. Have you ever had durian? Durian? Durian. It's I don't a, know what that it's is. A, it's a fruit from uh, Southeast Asia, um, and it is stinky. <laughs> it is... <laughs> It is. I don't know if I have time to tell this story, but I was uh, with some friends in Cambodia, and I'm like, durian, I have to try durian, because everyone talks about durian, because it's it's foul, but (laughs) tastes good, and it's creamy and rich, and um, so I I bought it at this stall, and we we got on the bus, and oh, people were not happy with me, and they're (laughs) like, you have to throw that out. I'm like, why? I don't mean, it's fine. They're like, it smells like death. Stacy, if it smells like rotting meat, and that's that is a common descriptor for that t- type of fruit. And you know, I wasn't a big fan of the taste either, but I, you know, I, I tasted it, and uh, yeah, so did everyone else. All my friends on the bus, and before I had to throw it out because I'm I had to throw it out. Still trying to wrap my head around the the cycle, you know, the the, the mindset of oh my god, that smells disgusting. I Try think it. I'll put it in my mouth. <laughs> Well, billions of other people have, so that's, an, t- that's a testament. Oh, who I guess. was the first one who went, that's disgusting. I'm going to eat it. Well, you got to try. you got to try. You never know what you're going to like. Just Could like Gino said, it lot. may be foul to you, but once you get in your mouth, you're like, oh, why did I write this off for so many years? What's the, what's the weirdest thing that you ate that you actually liked? You did not expect that you would like it. For me, it was probably, uh, well, it wasn't weird, but that octopus that I had at, at Sabor the other a couple of several weeks ago when we went out for dinner, that was what it might have been for me because I was not expecting to like that at all. Okay. 780-496-0063. Jump in. Uh, be fun. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? That you actually liked. Okay. Or, you know, right. that you were surprised that you liked. Okay. So you, you were. go with that. Yeah. All right. It's a thought. I go to Sabor too with the sea bass, the Chilean sea bass, because I'm not a big not a fish guy. Outside of salmon, I'm not a big fish guy and shrimp. But and tuna sea out of a bass can. is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten. <laughs> We're going to continue this conversation <laughs> after the break. Wow. This morning.
morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, supported by Abe's Door Service with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. 20 this Wednesday morning. You're listening to This Morning. I'm Stacey, hanging out with uh, Daryl and uh, Morley, talking about, I don't know how this conversation got started, but the weirdest thing you've ever eaten. And Kendall says, when I was young, I had haggis. It was delicious. I didn't know what it was until after I ate it. Also, I never understood cheese. Why would I eat something liquefied from a cow? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's milk. Milk? I don't know. Milk? Yeah, and there's a lot of, for people who are lactose intolerant, a lot of options for them. Not necessarily last night, but I think there were some options. But, uh, you know, you have to deprive yourself of cheese if if you are in that uh, state. And I'm sorry. The the one thing I learned last night, there's a lot of salt and cheese. (laughs) You're a little thirsty this morning? I've been thirsty since I left there, yeah. But I did eat a lot of cheese. Hey, Morley. Yeah. Do uh, you like learning new things? Not just trying new things, but learning new things. I, I do. I like trying things like Chilean sea bass and stuff okay. like that. <laughs> uh, what, about, what about trying new Olympic sports? Do you think you're into trying a new Olympic sport? Uh, it depends what it is. How about uh, one of the newest ones going into the Paris Olympics? Breakdancing. We have breakdance instructors coming in later on this morning. That's cool. Breakdancing is cool. I don't know about the Olympics. Cool, but it's cool. <laughs> it's an interesting chat, isn't it? An interesting comment. I don't know. Is it? Is it? It always ends up coming back to: Is it? Is it? Uh, it it's very athletic, obviously, but is it a sport? It's a judged sport. Competition, mm-hmm. maybe. It's not for everyone, but uh, you know what? They're trying to, I'm sure, attract younger viewers and younger people to get excited about the Olympics because the Olympics have it, they, they've taken a, a beating over the last mm-hmm. several years. So they're trying to do unique things. Also, cricket, which is huge. Yeah, and with the uh, with the those demonstration sports, they try to make them sort of with the country it's in. Like, what is big there? That's why the LA Games will have baseball back in them for as a demonstration sport in softball where it's usually out of the Olympics, right? So I think it's if, if these are for Paris, right? So mm-hmm. breakdancing must be big in Paris, I guess. Yeah. I know. grew up watching breakdancing movies. There was Breakin', Electric Boogaloo, and uh, it was it was it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. And in my adult years, I actually did take a breakdancing class, not a course, a class. I lasted one evening. A it is Hard. You yeah. have to have core strength. You have to have arm strength. Neither of which I have. So <laughs> yes, you. Do. It looked really cool, so. but um, not something that I could do. So has, has to be difficult when you look at it to spin yourself and contort yourself that way. Well, we'll ask Daryl after he does it. So. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be spinning. We'll or, but we'll it doesn't have goes. to be. It doesn't have to be lying on your back and doing the spin or trying to spin on your head. Breakdancing is lots of different styles and forms, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll find out from our instructors. Pop and lock, maybe. A little freeze, a little worm. I'm sure they don't do the worm anymore. She knows the lingo. Oh, yeah. Look at me. Those are probably all. Be boys, be girls. What? That's that's a thing, apparently. (laughs) So I'm still trying to figure out, as I look at a thing, I hear about a new sport at the Olympics or a featured at the Olympics. Is it a full medal sport at the Olympics? Or is it... uh, much of what I see keeps saying that it's it's the new Olympic sport. It's an official sport. There we go. I got it from another one. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it sounds like this is this is. Full it's not bore. a demonstration sport. Oh. Not demonstration. Full bore. 
Yeah. And New got- categories for the next Summer Olympics, breakdancing, skateboarding, well, skateboarding, sport climbing, and surfing. Huh. There you go. All of them impressive. Uh, we did get this text, and it is something that you can talk about, and I have talked about to my daughter, who is a dancer. No to break dancing, no more sports that requires judges. Right? Yeah, like it's hard to quantify. Is yeah. is that a sport where you can quantify how many pucks in a net or how many balls in a basket? But, uh, you know, those you sort can, of things. But you can argue there is judgment to... based on penalties and etc. Even in the sport of hockey, so 100%. judgment can also still impact even that game. But there's also a scoreboard. There is a scoreboard which mm-hmm. can be impacted by the judgment of an official. That is true. Just both throwing those, that out there. Both of those things are true.